Welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host. This is my podcast. And uh, this is um, an emotional day because I'm recording this intro. Uh, it's the day that Anthony Bourdain committed suicide. And I've been crying all day. And, you know, I didn't know him personally, but he's such an intense influence and such a, a badass, uh, you know, and when anybody takes their own life, especially someone you look up to who seems like they have their life and world in order and, and a life that you think, wow, what a great life, and they take their own life, it's just, uh, it's so sad and confusing and just has a ripple effect on the world. And anyway, I've just been crying. Um, and this is the perfect episode um, for this kind of mood because I feel like it's a very gentle lovely, mellow, thoughtful conversation that I have today with my guest. And my guest is singer-songwriter Chelsea Wolfe. And Chelsea, oh my God, I mean, she is just the most hauntingly talented, uh, exquisite singer, musician extraordinaire. Um, she, she, has, she has a million albums out. Her most recent album is called Hiss Spun. And uh, what can I tell you about her? She's originally from Sacramento. She spent eight years living in Los Angeles and touring. Then she moved back to Northern California in 2016 to write her latest album uh, that came out in September of 2017 on Sargent House. And it's called Hiss Spun. That's her sixth album. And all of her albums range from acoustic, folk, to dark rock and roll. And her and her band just finished a tour of North America. They're heading back to Europe. They're going to the UK, Ireland, and they're going to be doing a six-week tour starting July 5th. So if you want to find out all about that, you know, for tour dates, links, and to hear and buy her music, uh, please do that. Go to chelseawolf.net. And if you want to find her on Instagram, follow her at chelseawolf, except it's spelled with two C's at the beginning. It's spelled C-C- H-E-L-S-E-A-W-W-O-L-F-E. You got that? Fantastic. Anyway, just look for Chelsea Wolf on Instagram and follow her immediately as well as on Facebook. Um, and before I throw us over to our conversation, which is probably like you got to crank up your volume because it's very quiet and calm. And, you know, it's, uh, every episode is different. Every conversation I have with, uh, with guests, they always vary depending on what we bring out of one another and uh, the moods, you know, me and the guest might find ourselves in that day of the conversation. Oh, but God, you guys, um, I don't even know what to say about Anthony Bourdain, except I'm just really sad. I'm sure all of you can relate. And uh, it's interesting because I'm not an on antidepressants, but uh, I'm very, I, I guess, personally for me, why I have such an intense reaction to when I find out somebody commit suicide and this week was wild because it was like Kate Spade on Monday and now it's Friday and Anthony Bourdain committed suicide and it hits so close to home for me because I feel like I can personally relate to the feeling that one taps into when they're that dark you know when I was when I was 15 years old I tried to commit suicide I took like a lot of pills and I threw them up. I took about 350 pills. I, uh, the, everything I could find in my cupboards when I was, 
you know, I was still living at home. I threw them up. I picked them out of my own vomit. Uh, I re-swallowed them. I was in a coma for two weeks. And I'm, and I'm so happy I, you know, I survived. I came out of it. I woke up from the coma and, you know, to drawings my mom did of me while I was asleep in my hospital bed. And I'd had all these crazy dreams. And I'm just so glad that it didn't take, that, it, that, that my attempt at taking my own life didn't work. But I know that feeling of when you're so dark and the voices in your head are so loud and they're so harsh and intense and you believe all these stories you're telling yourself, you believe all these voices in your head that make you feel like, you know, you're, you're sunk in so deep to, into like a, a funk, a, a hole. And like, you're so deep in that, in that darkness that you feel like you can never crawl out of it. There's no way you could get out of it. You know, and that everybody hates you or the world is better off without you or you're worthless or it's just too painful to be alive and that you want to put yourself out of your misery because it's just too hard to live. And it's just like exhausting and it's so hard and I get it. And life is hard. It's not easy. And I'm going to burst into tears right now just because so what? Fuck it. We all have these curated lives on Instagram and trying to front so hard and act like we have everything together. But it's not the truth. It's not the case for everybody. And even if you know a person, you don't know a person. If some, you know, it's just interesting because I've been so low that I've thought like, oh, nobody would care if I wasn't here. And then when I see that people die, whether they're famous or not famous or whatever, you know, I, you hear about the famous people killing themselves because they're famous and they're in the news. So, you know, that's what's what we're made aware of. But like, when I I've, I have so many people that I know and friends of friends that I've never met before that have killed themselves in the last couple years. And even if I didn't know them, it has such a ripple effect because it's, you know, it's meaningful because we are all connected. And all of a sudden, all the minutia and the bullshit of the world and like what matters or whatever it is, money or not feeling enough or just mental illness, whatever it is, you know, when you see somebody that low take their own life, you just think, God, you know, if only I could have hugged them or, or made them feel better, or if, the, or if only they had hung on or gone on antidepressants or sought professional help or just, or just maintained for a few more days, even if it felt rough, just to stick around because that's how it is when we're living our lives. You know, it's like all these ups and downs and you just have to like ride the waves of the ups and downs. And it's weird because there's a twofold, like something that happens, like it's twofold. But then I hear about Anthony Bourdain or Kate Spade killing themselves. You know, first of all, part of me goes, oh, wow, they were brave enough to do it. They did it. And I've been in that mind frame even, even since I tried committing suicide when I was 15. I've had those moments and they're fleeting, they're quick and I get out of them real quick and I'm not on antidepressants. I'm not on antidepressants, but um, no shame to anybody who is on Thank God that they exist, you know? Um, but I, part of me thinks, wow, they did it. That's an option. Like there's permission to do that. And the other part of me is like, oh my God, it's so scary because it's so final. And like, 
it's so sad. So part of me is like, it just feels like, I don't, I don't know, I'm not making sense, but let me just ramble, please. Like, part of me just feels like I get it. And then part of me feels like, oh, it could have been me. That person has the whole world like at their disposal and like a wonderful career and lots of money and people who adore them. And But you never know what's what the darkness or what's going on in somebody's mind or in their heart. And you just think, could have been me it could just have easily been me and I just feel so connected to people who can get that dark because it's like we're all reflecting one another and some people can't relate you know I woke up this morning and I was at my boyfriend's house and you know we opened you know we're looking at the news or something and he's the one who told me and and I burst into tears immediately and I got really intense and I was like and I had this intense reaction because I felt so connected to that to the to the darkness of suicide and the mind frame that you have to be in to really want to do that to yourself. And he had a different response to it. He wasn't happy about it, but he was sad. I mean, he but he was like, oh, that's sad. But there was like a kind of a disconnect because he doesn't have that darkness. Part of me wanted to be mad at him for it. And I wasn't mad at him. I was not mad at him for it. But part of me was like, wow, like we're so different. And I'm actually so happy and so lucky that I'm with somebody who's, who has this lightness about him, who, who doesn't resonate with, with that kind of darkness and suicide and uh, mentality, you know, like it's a, it's a blessing that I'm, I'm no longer attracted and dating a type of person who is an emotional uh, person with darkness, you know. I'm walking away from that. So that's a lovely thing. But it was, uh, it was just interesting to like, you know, I could, I left my body a little bit, just a little bit. I do that all the time. Uh, or I could hover over us and go, wow, like, here's an example of two different types of people. Now, who knows what, whatever, anyway, who knows what's going on inside of his mind or what he feels about whatever. But, but yeah, I am happy to be leaning towards a lighter way and a lighter partner. But uh, anyway, what can I say? I wrote this thing all about suicide. It was like a letter to myself that I wrote many, many years ago. And I... I uh, added to it and I wanted to it to be published uh, in this on this website called Ravishly that I've been writing for. And I had sent it to them before Kate Spade with the news about Kate Spade taking her own life. And I'm not saying if they had that Ravishly published it, she wouldn't have taken her own life. Sorry, I'm making a horrible joke right here, but, uh, but they, they didn't publish it. And, um, and I think it's like, it's, it's a very tricky thing to write about suicide and you, you want to make sure it's done in a really lovely way and they want to probably like make sure it's okay to publish and that there are all these disclaimers and that people get the proper information. And, and what I wrote was kind of this like letter to myself, but it's addressed to everybody, anybody who's reading it, but really I wrote it to myself about how, um, and I hope they do publish it. Uh, see what happened ravishly Anthony Bourdain just kidding I'm, d- I'm making horrible dark jokes please please do, do not at me do not write notes about these dumb, dumb jokes I make jokes in, in, uh, when I'm uncomfortable <sighs> I like dark jokes how dare you um, that's the whole point of comedy to laugh in times like these um, anyway but uh, the whole point of the 
the essay, the article, the letter to myself, whatever it is, it's called In Defense of Living. Or, or read this before you kill yourself is, you know, whatever, options for the title. But uh, basically it's talking about how if you're at such a low point and you're considering taking your own life, instead of actually killing yourself, now you should just realize that you're in the most primo primo position of power because nothing matters anymore. You're so low. You don't have to give a fuck about anybody. Because if you're on the verge of blowing your brains out or swallowing pills or hanging yourself, hey, now you're on like, this is just like extra time. You're like, fuck, I was going to kill myself anyway. What's one more day? And if you could think about living your life like that every single day, maybe you'd take more chances. You wouldn't care about eating a piece of pizza or a fucking churro. You'd, uh, Say how you feel to people in a real way. I'm not, you know, as long as you don't like hurt anybody else uh, physically or, or, or whatever um, and aren't dangerous. But uh, I, I used to think that way when I would get so dark and depressed and just like in that hole of darkness emotionally, the way I would crawl out of it, I'd, I'd be like, Ugh. like literally like I would be like this, this low. But I'd get up because you got, uh guess I'm going to get out of bed. And then I'd look at myself in the mirror and I'd go, fuck it, who gives a fuck? I'm a ghost. I would just look at myself as if I was a ghost, like I was a walking dead. And it actually propelled me forward. And I thought, who cares if I'm in debt or broke? What the fuck? I'm a fucking ghost. Who gives a fuck? Let them come from, what are they going to do to me that I wouldn't do to myself? Fuck you. Or not even about debt necessarily, but about like, anything. I'm like, fuck it. I'm eating pizza. I'm going to do everything that makes me feel good. Cause a second ago I was about to fucking kill myself. So what else do I have to lose if I was already? So I used the nihilism, wait, that's not the wrong, the wrong word. Uh, I use like nihilism to propel me forward. I use my darkness to go like, just in, to try to use that as a tool to propel me forward. And then all of a sudden I'd be in a good mood because the days would go by and you'd get out of the mind state that you're in because time does make everything better. Like when you're going through a breakup or you're in a, in a patch where it's just like everything just seems so fucked and dark. Like there's a cloud over your head, like you're never going to like get out of it. If you just hold on a little bit longer or take going and go like, fuck it, I'm going to take MDMA. I'm going to smoke DMT. I'm going to smoke pot. I mean, these are not the answers. I'm clearly not a doctor. How dare you? I'm just a person coping with this news from the week, okay, who's also had um, a dalliance with, with suicide, okay? So anyway, please forgive my imperfections and the things that come out of my mouth. I am just a human being. So back the fuck off and get off my dick. Anyway, um, but I also love you and thank you for listening. Um, yeah. Therapy, what are the tools? Therapy, meditation, hypnotherapy, long walks, hot yoga, fucking with a condom. <laughs> Try not to get an STI or STD or whatever they're called now. Try not to hurt other people, their feelings, or their body. Um, yeah. If I were suicidal right now, I'd probably do MDMA. But then the come down from that would be so bad, it'd be like double suicidal because all my serotonin would be drained. Um, I would probably just 
on antidepressants. But you know what? Sometimes there's no time because you get in that hole in your mind, you get in that place and you're like, and then all it takes is just that split second decision to take your own life and then it's over in that moment. Oh, it's so terrifying how powerful the mind is. It's so fucking terrifying. And we use all these phrases and these these pop culture, all this pop culture terminology, which is great, but phrases like mental illness or mental health and blah, blah, blah. And just all of these phrases like uh, slut shaming and uh, body positive. I'm just using random things because all these pop culture phrases, I feel like sometimes um, make people numb to the meaning of the phrases themselves. So I, I'd rather just like, say a long form, long winded version of like, yeah, not self care or mental health, but I don't know. The longer, long, long, long form of saying all that stuff is like how important it is to like try to maintain and, and before it gets so dark. I hate exercising. I don't like doing these hypnotherapy workshops every day. I don't like meditation every day. I'm just I'm lazy and I don't, do any, I don't want to do any of it, but it's weird. I have to do all these things every single day that I slip up and don't do, but I have to do, I do, I have to do all these things just to maintain barely being dark, <laughs> you know, cause I don't want to take antidepressants cause I'm scared of them and people in my family have bad, bad reactions to them. And I just, don't want to take a pill. I just don't want to put a pill on my body. And that's just me. That's not me telling you guys what to do. But all that shit is like daily maintenance to make your brain, you know, whatever, eating well and not drinking or not drinking too much because alcohol is a depressant or not doing cocaine and speed because the come downs make you fucking dark as fuck or, you know, yeah, meditating. I can't believe that bullshit is real and works, but it does. It carves out a little nook inside yourself so you can quiet yourself and feel more grounded and more in control and not so like not like a gust of wind could just blow you over because you're untethered or something anyway uh, I don't know what else to say other than the fact that I'd rather do a sloppy intro to a podcast this week as I'm sad and insta story and ramble in tears about somebody's suicide then pretend to have it all together and be trying to pretend to present some perfect idea of what I think a girl with a podcast and an Instagram account is supposed to be. And more about Anthony Bourdain. My God, what a handsome, fucking sexy badass. I just want to celebrate his life for a minute. Um, I had Sarah Benincasa on. She's a writer and wonderful woman and she was a guest on my podcast you should check that episode out and majority of the time on that episode we're just talking about our crush on Anthony Bourdain and how we're like god we have to we gotta we gotta get him on the Love Alexi podcast because he was just like somebody I really wanted on my podcast and somebody I just really respect and attracted to him respect him you know because there's so many sometimes as a woman you there are a lot of wonderful women that I look up to that I respect that I aspire to be like and, and you know, they're expanders to me and they're like, wow, you know, and I, but there are also a lot of men I look to and I go, wow, I know he's not a woman, but I want to be like that. I want to be tough and I want to be brave and I want to throw myself in the world and be unapologetic and like, 
And I looked at him and I was like, not only am I attracted to him, but I might not even want to fuck Anthony Bourdain. I want to be Anthony Bourdain. So he's just such an inspiration to so many people. So that's why this is such a weird slap in the face and confusing and sad because I hate the fact that he was in a dark place and sad. And I hate that this is so finite and that he's gone. And my heart goes out to his friends, his family. His, he's a, he has a daughter, doesn't he? Ay, ay, ay. And then a few months ago, I was out with some friends and we were at a restaurant and I saw Anthony Bourdain in person. I had never seen him before in person. I couldn't believe it. I freaked out. I did nothing, but he walked past me and I, I just, he was slender. He was looking very slender. He, and, he, you know, and I was just like, wow, Anthony Bourdain, what a badass, what a rock star. Anyway, so, oh boy. Well, rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain. And anybody out there, who is in a sad, dark place, please hold on. Call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Call a friend. Go on antidepressants. DM me. Become friends with me on Instagram. Anything. Reach out to somebody, please, because it matters. Even if, if, if you think it doesn't matter to anybody, you living and going on this crazy, difficult, ever-changing roller coaster that is life, it matters. Like we are all connected. Even if that sounds completely cheesy, we are all connected. We all are reflected in one another and use each other as sounding boards and, and ways to understand one another and, and process how we're feeling and how we navigate the world and, and how, where we fit in this place and whatever. So just hold on for longer if you can, cause Oh my God. Anyway, I love you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You know what? I'm fuck it. I'm going to say all the things that I say on this podcast every week. Let's make it a little bit lighter. <laughs> if you like the podcast, tell your friends, subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment. Let's be friends on all of social media so you can send me your heartfelt DMs and I can be your big sister and give you a, lo a loving hug over DM on Instagram or Twitter at Alexi Wasser. Send emails. I want to hear from all of you. Send your emails, please, please, to dearlovealexi at gmail.com, and I will read all of your emails on an upcoming podcast dedicated to reading all of your emails. If you want to support the show and show you care so I can keep doing it, uh, become a patron of the Love Alexi podcast. Go to patreon.com forward slash Alexi. Any donation helps me keep doing this podcast, and I appreciate it. And if you want to advertise on the show, uh, it's an independent podcast, so that's appreciated. Send advertising inquiries to dearlovealexi at gmail.com. And uh, until then, let's just all keep, uh, you know, <sighs> keep on navigating life and try to be happy. And uh, I don't know. Enjoy the episode. I love you. All right. Hello. Hello. Are we doing it? Say a few yeah. things. Check. You found very Hello. sexy. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I think it's happening. Thanks. And for whatever reason these go out, that means the podcast is ruined and we're fucked. Okay. We have to start over. Um, you don't need anything? You want a Listerine mint strip or anything? No, I have my little like, security blanket. Okay, take your seat. I know, me too. I just want um, you to... Oh, all right. Yeah. Tell me everything. We're doing the podcast. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh this is cool. Oh, my God. Such a fan. So yeah. this is really fun. You are? How did this yeah. happen? Um, I... 
I definitely like followed some stuff he did with I'm Boy Crazy back in the day. You I, did. I was like into a lot of like different fashion blogs and then stumbled on yours. And oh my goodness. Because yours wasn't really like fashion, it was more like advice and things, but you also yeah. had like a cool look and everything. So it was like, I don't know. Yeah, before like Instagram and everything, I think fashion blogs were kind of the, the thing, you know, to like yeah. connect people who are interested in that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, and then like stumbled on your podcast somehow. I think I was actually searching. Uh, Hamilton, because I'm, I'm a fan of his show. Hamilton, Hamilton. Morris? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I know, I'm like, uh, like, you dated him or something. I, I did. Okay. I'm not yeah. probably, I probably shouldn't talk about that, but I do anyway sometimes. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Oh, God, yeah. Um, he's so cute, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's very handsome, but yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm like, I'm a fan of psychedelics and psychedelic research and stuff. I mean, a lot of the stuff he's talking about goes over my head, but like, I think it's really cool that he's exploring a lot of different things and, you know. Some some stuff that has like a bad name, like Kratom or something. He's Wait, like, what's that? We tend to talk to the mic more because I want to oh, make sure. I, I don't, don't want to yeah. miss a beat. Wait, <laughs> yeah. Like, what does he talk about? Um, not well, me. That's for sure. <laughs> Just kidding. I have well, a boyfriend no, now anyway. Who cares? Just okay. Go. You've moved on. I've um, moved on. <laughs> it was like 17 years ago. Hamilton's <laughs> like, why are you still talking about this? Just what kidding. Else? But um, what does he talk about? What drug? Well, there's one episode called uh, about Kratom, and it's it's like a leaf that's in like Bali and Thailand and stuff and. Um, local people there use it as kind of like aspirin or like relaxant or something. And it's actually pretty amazing. Like it helps people get off opiates and it helps with like pain relief. I use it sometimes like as like an anxiety relief or like for cramps or something. Yeah. Um, it's basically just like a green powder that you grind up and you eat it or put it in water. Um, yeah, I just put it in like orange juice and yeah. shoot it. But yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a nice uh, euphoric thing. But oh. a lot of you know government agencies are anti it because they can't like make money off of it. So oh, yeah. <laughs> they're trying to like get rid of it. But um, where do you I think get it's it? A really good thing. Um, you can get it on different websites. I go through one called Happy Hippo, which is like probably one of the most popular ones. Happy um, Hippo. What else is on Happy yeah. Hippo? I think it's just Kratom. Which yeah, is like a lot of different strains of it. How do you spell it? Because I feel like somebody told me about this. It's just K R Y. K R A T O M, yeah. K- I might not be saying it right. I K- think it's like Kratom or K R A T O M. Yeah. I feel like somebody emailed me about this because, yeah, I take like the stuff called a. You can even switch it off too if you have to. But uh, I take this. I just take propranolol. I take like beta blockers because I get like oh, okay so anxiety ridden and like even like doing my podcast. It's like we've never met in person. Yeah. So like I'm I know, like, I'm, like super nervous. But I need to calm down. I know. I don't know why. Oh, you are. You seem so cool. I'm like I'm like oh my god. Hey. Welcome to my house. <laughs> I get panic stricken, but that's okay because, like, we'll talk and then we'll ease into it and it'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. And, like, yeah, but I get, I was like, oh my God, I, I don't, as soon as I wonder, not, I don't wonder why I do this, but it is painful sometimes for me yeah. because I am an introvert. Because, yeah, I, and I you're get, inviting people like into your home. Now I'm inviting like, people into yeah. my home and it's like, I'm, I don't know. And I get so anxiety ridden. Yeah. So I take propranolol, like a beta blocker, okay. but now I'm going to try to mellow myself out right now. I'm yeah. trying to be cool. But uh, <laughs> where do you live? Uh, I live in Northern California. Um, I probably won't say like the exact I want the address. Town, <laughs> I want the goddamn address. How course, dare you? Of course. Get it to you after the show. No, but, okay, um, okay, okay. I know, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I live in Northern California. I grew up in Sacramento, so I wanted to move. Like I lived in LA for like eight years or something like that, and I wanted to move back to Northern California, but not like to my hometown. So it's like a couple hours east of it in the yeah. mountains. And it's really nice. Our, oh, wait. But then, so you read my blog. Then you started listening to my podcast. There was a gap in that time frame. Oh, yeah, and, for sure. And I found it, well, you know, 
not necessarily for sure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, making, like, I'm like, I was hoping you would have been following my life the entire time. Just well, kidding. Actually, I mean, is, was there a gap? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just fucking around. But uh, I'm just, <laughs> you know, being a, a monster. I but, think there was uh, just like a point where like I got really busy and focused and I didn't really pay attention to a lot of other things for a while. Busy and focused <laughs> on your own life? Not mine? That's weird. Um, well, oh, but yeah. Oh, the How I Found You. Is, oh, yeah. You listen to my podcast. Yeah. You Post it on Instagram, yeah. and then I, I was like, so I was like, wow, this really cool girl. Oh my god, I can't believe it. She's listening to my podcast, and I was like, blown away. I was, oh, cool. and and your music is so beautiful and haunting, and your Thanks. voice is like, I want to know every single detail of your life. <laughs> and are you in a relationship? Um, I don't really talk about that kind of stuff. Don't talk about it. A bummer for like no the show, but no way. Yeah, I try. I try to keep like that aspect of my life private, like where I live and who I'm dating or whatever. Yeah, I'll talk. I can talk about like past things and stuff but well, current stuff I'm always like that's smart it's funny like with my Instagram like I'll I'll never really post like people I'm super close with you yeah. know like I'll rarely post photos of, like my best friends or like who I'm dating or something like that um just because I don't know tell me no get into know. that because that's so smart because yesterday I posted the somebody's talking don't they know we're fucking <laughs> podcasting <Yeah>. Jesus <laughs> yesterday uh I posted for the first time in, like last few days but I would cover his face. Mm. And yesterday I showed the face of the guy okay, I'm dating. Yeah. And I call him Derek as a joke. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't want to say his name. I'm definitely not going to tag him. But already I'm like, oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. Like, it, why is that dangerous? Because I agree, but you tell me why. And do you think I've done too much so far? No, I think it's cool that you like waited a little bit and yeah. like felt it out. And it seemed like you were like making sure he was comfortable with it, which is cool. Yeah. I don't know. He's okay. from your stories. But. I think he's okay with it. I'm sure he's a little bit shy. Yeah. And I don't want to do that very much anymore. Yeah. But tell me the danger because there's cool. a real thing about that. Mm, I mean, like I think it's it's weird that we're in an era where like as an artist or musician or whatever, like everyone is so like intimately connected with you through something like Instagram. And I do want to like be real with people on there, and I I really am. It's just like, I don't know. I just feel like there's just a couple of things that I want to like keep away from that, and like keep kind of sacred or something, so yeah. that nobody can like shout their opinion at me one way or another. Like, oh, yeah. she's dating this person, like, uh, you know, or, or yeah. whatever. And you know, there's always like a few uh, fans that are like a little too intense, and it's like I don't want people showing up on my doorstep or something. I'm not yeah. saying they would, but you never know. You never know. It's bizarre, like. I didn't even follow him on Instagram, this mm-hmm. guy that I'm dating. And then and then he followed me and then I followed him just like three months into dating pretty much. Mm-hmm. But even then I was like terrified that people who follow me would, would oh, fall, start noticed. following. Yeah, that they would follow him. Yeah. And I get very territorial and possessive, like not in a horrible way. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't think. It's not a beautiful way to be. But, and then I weirdly noticed because he told me about, you know, about past people he dated. Yeah. That they started watching my stories, and I don't follow these girls. Yeah, that's weird. That is weird, and I know it's all accessible, but I don't follow these girls. I don't mm-hmm. know them. I only know that they used to date because this person I'm dating told me when we had a conversation about, oh, yeah. you know, what was your past like, blah, blah, your yeah. reason. And I find it really bizarre, and it makes me uncomfortable, and I get scared. Like, I don't even like, I don't want past people of mine or past people of him looking at my stories mm-hmm. and I because I get afraid like somebody might ruin it I know yeah I guess that's I worry about that too I don't want someone to like mess it up or yeah start bothering this person on my behalf or whatever you know yeah so 
I don't know. So it's I kinda, would you block a person? I kind of just don't mind blocking people from my stories and being like, get out of here. Yeah. I mean, I feel like people should feel free to do that. Yeah. Only, I think I've only blocked like one or two people who are just like coming at me kind of aggressively in like a negative way. And I was just like, I don't need to see that. But yeah. Ay-ay-ay. Lately, I've just kind of been turning the comments off on the, the posts, which That's I, smart. I kind of enjoy. Yeah. Like, why'd you start doing that? Um, I don't know. Like I posted when I do like a monthly radio show and I posted a flyer for it and I was wearing like a shirt that's in the picture that said like the future is non-binary. And the first comment was like, nice shirt, asshole or something. Oh God. <laughs> wow. I was, like, I was just like, I don't want to read this stuff. Like it just makes me instantly feel like shit. And yeah. Even though I know it doesn't really mean anything. It's just some guy who's like pissed off or whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm just too sensitive. I'm very sensitive too. Mm-hmm. Are you an Aquarius? Scorpio. Scorpio. Are you oh, an Aquarius? I'm an Aquarius. Oh, yeah. What's your birthday? Can we say uh, that? November 14th. November 14th. I know about Scorpio men, but I feel like, I don't know about Scorpio women, but I, I'm always, I was always like scared to date Scorpio men because yeah. I'd be like, you will never be mine or something. Yeah. Like, you'll, I don't even know if I know any like male Scorpios. Yeah. Jeez. Anyways, yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like, block. I blocked somebody who was oh. watching my stories incessantly who I just it made me a bit uncomfortable mm-hmm. but then I unblocked this girl because I was like well a view is a view and then I <laughs> like adore and then I was like no I really do feel uncomfortable so I yeah. blocked her again but uh just yeah and I guess I guess part of it that feeling this way is like a beautiful thing because it's like I've met this person that I covet I think is wonderful that I feel mm-hmm. so lucky to have found and there's a, the fear part of me is like I don't want it to be taken away or trifled with or yeah. something. And then and then I want to shout it out to the world. Look, it's so exciting. I always talk about my feelings and I finally found somebody I like because I haven't really had a real boyfriend in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. But I've got, I'm definitely like being mindful of the balance, of like finding yeah. the balance because, yeah, I don't need to be putting his face on my Insta story anymore. I don't even like my <laughs> friends being like, he's cute. Like, And I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> How dare you? I'll kill you. I feel like it's totally reasonable to block someone who's like kind of creeping on you or whatever, like one of his exes or something. Yeah. Because I, f- I feel like you're so open and you, f- nice and you share with people and you welcome people in. And if, if someone's going to like take advantage of that or, you know, I don't know, treat that in like a shitty way, it's like, yeah. Just, yeah. I don't know. So wait, you are in between albums right now, right? Or tours? What's happening? Uh, yeah, both. Or, Basically, I released an album in September called His Spun. And, called, say um, it clearly so I can understand it. <laughs> it's called His Spun. It's like okay. two words, but they kind of run together, which I like. It's like a snake. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so we've been touring a lot on that. And we're doing another one coming up um, in a month in Europe for like six weeks. So after that, like I'm going to do some recording for the next one. I, I feel like... Maybe I'm like moving a little too fast on the next record, but that's just how I work. Like, pretty much I've released an album for um, every two years for the past, like, I don't know, since like 2010, I think. Every single, every two years? Yeah. So and that's just how you work. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's like, looking back, obviously, it's like I just have this like schedule of like releasing stuff every two years. Yeah. So it's working for me, I guess. That's like how I, I create. Because it's like instantly when I turn a record in, it's like I'm already like daydreaming about the next one, you know. You are, um, but I don't know. It's just my brain, I guess. But what yeah. Do you, so, what do you usually write about, or what do you find like you're inspired by? Is it love stuff always, or um, depression? No, for a long time, I didn't want to write about love and relationships and stuff because when I was like, I don't know, twenty or twenty-one or maybe twenty-two, I don't. Know, um, I wrote 
an album that was like very much like a breakup album, like singer songwriter, like just yeah. bullshit, like way too many lyrics. <laughs> So embarrassing. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I bet it's great though. I bet it's great. <laughs> oh I don't I don't think so. There are like a, a few people who are like, you should release it, but you didn't release it? Well, I, I made like some copies of it and this was like the early days of the internet, so I didn't realize how permanent everything was. Yeah. Um and it, it kind of got out there and then like Yeah, I feel like a dry mouth. Oh god, <laughs> at least you're so aware of it that I I've had people like just biting their nails and like drinking and eating on the podcast, and they like just don't. And I'm I'm usually like, ugh, disgusting. But you're totally so great. Gross. Um, you're not gross. You're perfect, <laughs> and you have an awareness yeah. of it, which makes you even better. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So like, it kind of got out there, anyways. I actually threw away like 250 copies of it, like literally in a dumpster you, in Sacramento. What? Because I just wasn't happy with it. It was like I knew I wanted to play music. I knew I wanted to make records, but I don't know. I just wasn't ready yet. Like, I'm kind of a late bloomer. In general, still so like I even at like twenty two, like I just wasn't really ready to like say like this is my vision or whatever. Yeah, but it got out there anyways, and so some people have heard it and stuff. But after that, I kind of made a conscious decision to like not write about my own relationships or you know breakup stuff or whatever for a really long time because I was like I want to find something else within myself that means something or find something else outside of myself. So a lot of my songs end up being about like you know. A, a story in a book I've read or like just watching the news and like hearing something that's like happening across the world like I don't know my album Pain is Beauty was inspired a lot about like natural disasters because there was that big like earthquake and tsunami in Japan and I had like watched a documentary on that and just like you know feeling like overwhelmingly emotional for these people and so I just put that kind of stuff into the songs so yeah, yeah I ended up just writing a lot about um other people's stories but in like a respectful way and a way where I like want to honor them you know, it's like I'm trying to take anything from someone. It's more just like I want to honor people who I feel like have good stories. And, you know, sometimes people's stories can't get told. Um, like if someone's committed suicide or something. Um, one of my songs, Iron Moon, from my last album for this one, Abyss. Sorry, I don't know if I'm making any sense. You are. Right now, but, no, you're um, not rambling at all. You're perfect. I'm just trying to listen in. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. Um, but there, I might ask you to repeat stuff because you speak <laughs> as fast as I do. Yeah. And... And then I have to do that with people too. So a bit, it's called Abyss. (laughs) Yeah. The album before last is called Abyss. And uh, I read the story about this uh, Chinese worker at the Foxconn factory, which makes like iPhones and shit. Yeah. And he was a poet and he ended up killing himself because he just didn't feel fulfilled working in like a factory when he was such a great writer, you know? And then afterwards his poems got out there and everything and I just wanted to like write something to honor him. So there's a few like nods to him in there. And so, yeah, I don't know. When you said, what, what do I write about? Like, I just think about that kind of stuff. But a lot of it is from my own life. I just don't always, like, talk about specific stories about... Because, again, I don't want to talk about who I'm dating or something like that. So if I do write something that's about love, it's like it means a lot to me and to that other person or something, but I won't talk about it in interviews or anything like that. That makes sense, yeah. Do you think I'm finding the balance okay? Tell me if I'm not. I do. What I would mean, you say? Give me some advice. Just don't, don't story him anymore. I mean, just be light about it. <laughs> Tell me what to do. Be my be my sister. I feel like you should gauge like how he feels about it, and like if if he's uncomfortable with it, like oh, he's very yeah. he's he's actually seems okay with it. Okay, he's yeah. like I'm okay. He just seems so grounded. Mm-hmm. And I ask him like, are you okay with this? Yeah, and he says he's fine with it. Yeah, but I think he's you know in the video he's not trying to be like I love this. You know, he's trying right. to be like every man I've seen in an Insta yeah, story who's like start. yeah, he's <laughs> like logical and trying to live his life. Yeah. You know. I know it's hard to find the balance because like you are excited about this person and you want to like share it with people but at the same time it's like you don't want to do too much so I don't know so gauging if he is okay with it 
Tell yeah. me what to do. Tell you what to do. Yeah, for my oh. my decision making process. I guess that is my own, but <laughs> well, I think it's you know like you just had like a vacation, right? And that's cool. Like you yeah. sharing a bit of that. Like maybe on the daily, like try not to do it too much. Just or, I yeah. don't know. I think I won't. Yeah, I, I have good advice on that because I don't do it at all. So no, and usually it's just me talking to myself, <laughs> which I actually prefer. I like that better. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh my goodness! But do you imagine that you're do you, when you're writing these songs and it's about other people's stories and you're honoring their story, do you put yourself in their situation? Totally, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like... So it is kind of personal. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Sure. Like, I'll never write one song that's just about one thing, or rarely. Like, if someone is like, what's this song about? It's like, okay, the verse is about this, the chorus is about this. Like, there's a lot of different things that go into all my songs because I, I just kind of, like, keep journals of lyrics all the time yeah and then once I start writing an album I like pull from different things so each song ends up having like so many different stories within it that in my mind somehow like relate you know yeah but yeah so definitely put a lot of myself into each song too and your voice is so beautiful how did you know you wanted to do this like when was that moment well, my dad is a musician and when I was growing up he was he had like a country band with my stepmom and they would like open for like Tanya Tucker and play at, you know, state fairs and they county did? fairs and stuff. Yeah. So like I saw that when I was a kid and, and he had a home studio. So like I was just kind of naturally around music a lot and um my dad was is a really great guitar player and he would sing backup harmonies and like you know, they would do like Fleetwood Mac covers. Do really? Like, do you like Fleetwood Mac? Of course they do. Yeah. 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 So that was like one of my the first bands that I really like got into. And yeah. Lindsay Buckingham's voice was like, I don't know, I have like a lower vocal range kind of, even yeah. though some people say I'm a soprano. I have no idea really. I'm not classically trained at all. So me neither. Who knows? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, um, so yeah, I just kind of like would hear them practicing and playing out and stuff. And eventually, um, I started writing poems first, just like wanting to like put all these weird thoughts in my head in, into paper. And then eventually asked my dad to teach me how to like record just like a simple. So he set me up on this like eight track and, little Casio keyboard and we would write like little beats and yeah like these little like R&B kind of songs or something because that's a lot that's what I was listening to at the time um and then from there I just never really stopped like I never really imagined that I could be a musician which is weird because my dad was but yeah you know I guess he still had like a job at a grocery store and stuff so it was like did he yeah so like I didn't imagine that it was like a full-time career or something my mom's a Um, musician too Oh, that's right. Yeah, she's like an 80s rocker. Her band, her band was called Precious Metal. Precious cool. Metal. She's I like an, an 80s hair metal band vibe. That's so cool. Before that, she was in a band called Promises. But yeah, that is, I wonder what that does, what that instills in a person where it's like, because my dad was a photographer, or he is a photographer. My mom still sings, but she needed, you know, the money thing is a difficult when you're like, when you see somebody hustling for their art and trying, and so passionate to like do their music or, take photos, but then they have to take other jobs, maybe that fall under the same umbrella to make ends meet. Yeah. I don't know what that does to, like, what that did to me watching that. Because I, then I, I have my thing where, like, I write and I do my stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's, like, no guarantee and you never really know where the... But you do it, you do your art because you love to do it and you feel compelled to. But it yeah, is... exactly. Yeah, but it is a crazy thing. Totally, yeah. I think the cool thing is both of my parents never once, like discouraged me or were like oh you have to get a real job like both of them were actually really encouraging like if you push hard enough you can do this yeah and my dad always told me like you have to move out of Sacramento eventually and I was like it's probably true so Ah. finally like age 26 I moved down here and um 
took like half of my band with me, but half of them didn't want to go. So I got some new band members down here. You did? Cool. Also, I'm just a new drummer, really. How many people are in your band? Um, it's typically a four piece. Every once in a while, we'll add like some strings or something and make it a five piece. But for the last few years, it's just been the four of us. How do you not fall in love with the people you write music with or play music with? Oh, I love them so much. Yeah. Honestly, like this current lineup, especially, they're just like my best friends. Like, yeah. it's amazing. It's it's so fun touring with them. My drummer Jess, especially, like her and I had a band together like ten years ago, and then um, when I left to like pursue this as like a solo project, uh, it was hard on us, and we like didn't talk for seven years. You didn't? No. Was, she was mad. You were mad. What was the deal? She um, felt betrayed or something? Or yeah, because I I didn't go about it in a very good way. Like I just I don't know I don't I didn't have like the skills I guess to like yeah be cool about it like I don't know I think I instead of like just sitting down and talking to her about it it's like I built it up in my head like this thing like like oh, I'm being held back and I want to do other kinds of music because we we were just oh like God <laughs> yeah. yeah her existence was like holding you back and the fact that you had to tell her was like stressful right yeah, and like instead of just like talking to her about it I just kind of like blew up and was like I can't be in the band anymore oh God. So yeah, it's passionate. It's yeah. it sucks, but dramatic. I love it. Yeah. But in a way it's like obviously that's what I needed to do because I, I really did need to like spread my wings yeah. or whatever and and follow this vision that I had and um yeah, we reunited a few years ago, like kinda we'd like kind of been like hitting each other up over the years, like we should get a drink or something. And finally I was like I think it was like New Year's Eve, um, twenty fifteen, like turning into twenty fifteen and I was like let's actually get together and you know, like, let's meet up and talk. And as soon as we did, it was like no time had passed, you know, yeah. it was great. Was she doing music um, still? Yeah. She's been in a few different bands, Happy Fangs and, um, I'm Dirty Too was her project. But, um, yeah, so I would like go to see her, her band Happy Fangs play. And eventually it was like, I really, you know, I'm starting to work on the next batch of songs. Like I really feel like we should work together. And it kind of started as a side project actually. And that's not totally accurate. Yeah. Like, I think it was more just like, we should play together again. And both of us felt that way. We should write together again because we write really naturally together. Yeah. Like, I'm not really good at like jamming, like just setting yeah. up with people and like, you know. Is your dad good at jamming? My dad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, He's he, a jammer. He didn't pass that down to me though. Oh, <laughs> like, God. I like have a select group of people that I'm comfortable jamming with and Jess is one of them. So yeah. it's like, it was really nice to be in, in that, that um, whatever situation again where we can just like get in a practice space and like write songs on the spot together um so we started doing that and then um you know included my other bandmate ben and then um, my friend troy van lewin from queens of the stone age and many other good bands um and we're thinking like this would be the side project thing because i already had a really great drummer named dylan and you know other people i was playing with but is it mixed men and women or is Hmm. it mainly men mainly women or oh yeah just just as a woman but i mean like in your band Oh, it's half and half. Half yeah. and half, yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah, my guitar player is Brian Tilo. He actually works at Good Form, which I saw you're doing your... He does? He does hair there. Yeah. Oh, my God. So that's, I thought that was cool. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's a cute little spot, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he does really really good hair, really good guitar playing. At Good Form? Oh, my yeah. God. He should bring his guitar to Good Form. Yeah. Or just keep one place <laughs> and come jam for you. Oh, God. Oh, um. God. <laughs> um, um, but you guys started... Yeah. Wait, so what's the name of the side project? Well, we didn't we didn't really have like a name for it. Even it just like the songs came together super quick, and it was like in the back of my mind, I kind of knew this should be like the next Chelsea Wolf album instead of being something that we wouldn't be able to like tour on or whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I just I talked to everyone and just had to get everyone kind of on the same page and switched up the lineup again, which I had kind of been doing that every few years. Like yeah. this is kind of the nature of this project. Is like it's 
more of like a collective of musicians that come in and out. Um, Under and, your name. Yeah. And I'm like always at the head. That's why I've never really had like a band name because at, at the end of the day, it's like sometimes I just do solo acoustic stuff too. Were you so. born with this name? Yeah. You were born with the name Chelsea yeah. Wolf? Yeah. This is unbelievable. <laughs> this is, is a beautiful like uh, cosmic, like that's, I can't believe it. That's cool. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. When I was in like my first year of college, I had the biggest crush on this guy and um, he like didn't give me the time of the day. I had the time because he was like, idiot. You know, Whatever, it was like Fool. tall, handsome dude. Oh. And um, one day he like finally hung out with me and, and my friends, or whatever. And like one of the only things he said to me was like, "What's your name again?" He's like Chelsea. He's like, "What's your last name?" Like Wolf. He's like Chelsea Wolf. That's a rock star name. And like something about that like gave me so much confidence because you know it, it was, is. It was like, yeah, it was like it's a rock star name. All right, like I'm just gonna go with that. Like do you, you so. already knew in your bones that you wanted to do that? Well, I, yeah, like I was already still writing music and stuff. And yeah. Um, trying to play shows, but I was like painfully shy back then. So, really? Yeah, it took me a long time to like really be able to do this. What but, What helped? I think just like continuing to do it. I oh. actually used to literally wear a veil over my face because I was so nervous to be up in front of people. Oh. So I would just dress like a Victorian like wife in mourning or something. Sounds like, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looking back, it was cool, but at the time, it was like it was kind of a crutch. Like I I couldn't face the audience, you know. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I guess it's weird to be at a point where, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm going on tour, and I'm not, like, terrified, you know? Yeah, do you look forward to it? I do, actually. Like, I think six weeks is maybe a little too long. It doesn't sound long, but when once you're out there, it's, like... Forever. Okay, it would be cool if it was, like, just a month or something. But, yeah. Um, I think it's going to be fun. I haven't been to Europe in, in a while now, so that'd be good. Oh, my goodness. And who else is yeah. playing with you? Are you guys... Or is somebody supporting you? Or are you... What's happening? Yeah, it's, it's kind of mixed up. Like, we're going to... Have my friend Emma Ruth Rundle open for some dates. Have this band Brutus open for some dates. And then we're actually opening for Ministry in That's the UK. Exciting. Yeah, exciting. which we just did like a month with them or five weeks with them in the US. You've, you've so. opened for a lot of people though, right? A lot of like huge bands. Of, I mean, a few, yeah. Like in, 20, Who? in Tell 20, us everything. In 21. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm talking way too much. No, Sorry, I'm just, just listening. Shut the fuck up. No, you're great. That's what I usually what I say about me. Rambling on. Not at all. <laughs> um, yeah, in 2014, we opened for Queens of the Stone Age, which was really cool for me because that's one of my favorite bands and like definitely hugely influential. So feeling like we had the support of a band like that was like really, just, I don't know, again, good for my like confidence. Um, how did that come to be? Um, I can't remember exactly how it started. Like we probably had like a lot of mutual friends and things, you know, like in, as musicians and in like the industry. Or whatever. Yeah. And um, I think like they had a show... That was that place, uh, like Universal Studios. It's now like a Harry Potter ride. Oh um, God, the Gibson, uh, the the Gibson, Gibson yeah. Amphitheater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's like gone now. Is it? I don't know what's going on. I like never. I don't know what I'm up to. <laughs> I stopped dating guys in bands, and I was like, I need a break. Yeah, I need a break from all this. It's good that you don't date guys in bands, I but think it, but not be to, the worst. I mean, okay, but I'll try to just tell me to fuck off. I can't say that. Ask this, but have you dated musicians before? I'll try to be real vague. Have um, you? Ever? I will say that I've. Pretty much only dated musicians, yeah. That's, so. You've only dated musicians, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much me too. I, and then yeah. it morphed into like comedians and then directors. I don't mean to like make it like career stuff, but then I always loved dating musicians the most because yeah. I felt like, I don't know. I just felt with normal people, I felt like an outsider. Mm. With musicians, I felt like like, like a yuppie. No, I felt, I felt like oh, a yuppie. Okay. I felt like the normal one. But then when I was like... um. I don't know. 
But then, but then when I got truly me, I found I could be weird. Mm-hmm. I was understood. I don't know if any of that has made sense. I don't know. Don't okay. no, oh, no, you're great. Yeah. You don't want to spill that. Oh, uh, yeah, great. Do I need a coaster? No. Oh, do I need a coaster? I'm a yuppie, I guess. Oh, do, I, do, I, <laughs> no. do you need a coaster? Oh, yeah. And then if you want to set that down. Just, just turn oh, off. yeah. Shit, yeah. sorry. This is you're a cool, singer. But... I can't believe you. I know. I'm the worst. No. This is only the second podcast I've ever done, so I'm like... What's the other podcast? Um, it was Yoshino's Artist Decoded. Jesus, sounds like highfalutin and really highbrow, you know? I'm like... <laughs> I, yeah, I, I felt like it was too fancy for me, for sure. Sounds way too fancy for me. I'll listen to your episode. That's it. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, I just felt like... Yeah, I felt safe to be a weirdo, and then, I also, and then not as freaky as I feel in my regular life mm-hmm. when I would date musicians. Yeah. But then, I don't know. I just had to stop. Did man? So your new one's not. Sorry, no. your new one. My new one. No, <laughs> your new one's not a musician. He's just like the That's greatest. Cool. He's like the. I just can't believe it. I think at this point in my life, I'm sorry. I shouldn't talk about so much about me, but I'm like. I think it's great that you're like happy and excited. I'm me too. Can I just be happy and excited? Yes, for a minute. Live, just let her live. <laughs> let me live. <laughs> Seriously, no, but I just feel like. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I did so many crazy things where I'd like date the weirdo mm-hmm. comedian or like all the oh, addict wow. musicians and I do all these, I, not a lot, but I do drugs or I'd go on tour or I'd put their life first and kind of my life on hold. Yeah. Or, or I date people who are gone all the time on tour because I could go visit them. It could be controlled. Yeah. I knew when they come home, I could be all ready and like, pretty and cute and then when they're gone I'm like picking at my face and my bikini line I'm like a monster and I'm like binge eating yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of nice to have that separation That's, for a while, have yeah. the separation but like now I just want like somebody healthy that I want to have sex with all the time mm-hmm. who's like makes me feel like really secure and this guy yeah. is so interesting like I'm like oh my god like all over the place and he's just so like grounded but hot I mean I think he's very hot I know <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to comment because I don't want to get mad. better. No, did you think he was cute? <laughs> yeah, I totally. think he's so handsome. And he's yeah. like six... Okay, I got to stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't worry. Six, it's totally fine. Six, four muscles. I can't believe he goes to the gym. I mean, what world is this I'm living in? And I'm just like lusting. I was like... Oh, that's probably that he's tall though. Um, as a fellow tall, it's like... How tall are you? I mean, I'm like five, nine and a half, but I I, I love wearing heels. So yeah. I can't date someone's like too much shorter. I'll yeah. Think, you know? I always date so. shorter guys. Mm. Or like just my height, and I never wear heels. And then the other day, I tried on all my heels with this with this guy. I'll call him Derek. I was mm. code named De- yeah. Derek, which I don't love that name, but whatever. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> and I put on all these heels, and he was still taller than me. And I was like, "This is insane. It's perfect. It's perfect." Yeah. So I have the option. Yeah, totally. It's um, amazing. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with it, but you said primarily you date yeah. musicians. You know, yeah. always. Yeah. Well, they, but but you are a musician. Yeah, that makes sense. Just, yeah, I mean. Everything I do like revolves around music and yeah. shows, and so it's kind of like you the, that's just like every, the only people I meet. You know, it's <laughs> the only much. people you meet, and you can write music with them, or yeah. like you can play. You know, and like they understand your life, and they're doing the same thing. You understand them, like that makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, what are male fans like for a woman? You know, I, I always feel like mm-hmm. male bands or male musicians get like they can get crazy but sexy hot fan girls. Yeah. Groupies, whatever, whatever that I had them, whatever. Um, yeah. But I feel like women, right? What I kind of fans were there? It probably depends on the band. Like, I, I feel lucky to have like a pretty, like, at least from my perspective, it seems like people are pretty respectful, like men and women. It's like, except for that jerk about the shirt on your Instagram. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I guess <laughs> I mean more like in person at yeah. shows and stuff. Like, 
because sometimes if I have like the energy, I'll go out and like, talk to people after the shows, and it's like they like form a line, and everyone like you know is like I don't know, just so nice and just wants to like share a story with you or something oh. about like what your music means. Yeah, and, like I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I've our fans tend to be like really nice and respectful. But other men who have um, crushes on you who are just like. I don't know. Do they come up to you and say like "I love you"? Like, I wanna, or like they come over to you with their arms folded, and then like you can feel that they want to ask you out or tell you that they love you, but then they like Maybe. scamper away or something. Well, when you play in like in Europe, it's like a little more passionate. Like in Italy or something, they'll be like, "Can, can we take a picture where I'm like kissing you or something?" I'm like, "No, no, it's cool. I don't want to like get sick from a bunch yeah. of kissing a bunch of different, you know, men and women each night." Um, oh yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I think your fans are pretty cool. That's good. Nope, good. That's know. wonderful. I'm trying to make you tell me stories or make fun of people, and you're like, no, my fans are cool. That's, that's awesome. Like, no, I don't that's, have any exciting fan stories. No, that's wonderful. I just I just always thought like just the difference between male fans for women and female yeah. fans for, for men or totally. I'm sure if like I invited it, like, oh yeah. If I was like come backstage or whatever, like it, yeah. was, it could get crazy. Like I was on tour with uh, our friends Youth Code, um, an LA band that's really good. And we were talking. We were just like, we should experiment one night and just like each pick like ten people from the crowd and invite them back and like get fucked up and like just yeah. have a party. But I don't know. It's just again, I'm just I'm so like weirdly private and I just kind of like hanging out with my band and yeah, like just hang, I don't know and like whoever we have on tour with us because we, we usually have friends like in every city anyways that are hanging out. So it's like I don't really have time to invite groupies back. I know. Well, you sound so <laughs> grounded and like solid. Yeah, I feel like I'm definitely at a good place. Like, yeah, you know, I've been doing this for like ten years now, so yeah, I feel like I feel pretty grounded most of the time. Do you meditate? I try to. You do? Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely not consistent with it. I'm not really consistent with anything like health wise. (laughs) Unfortunately, really. Yeah, but you don't smoke or anything, right? No, I I mean I smoke weed, but I I quit smoking cigarettes like four or five years ago. Yeah, you don't do smoke. I don't smoke. I smoked like I was just telling my friend this. I smoked like. Marlboro menthol lights when I was like a teenager oh, yeah. and I remember walking past like a homeless person and they're like can I have a cigarette and I was like yes let me give you one and he was like menthol <laughs> get the fuck out of here I like, know menthols are never good enough I for anyone I know like, I was so ashamed I couldn't yeah. believe it but a menthol 100 it was like what was I doing I don't know oh, man yeah menthol's are early I used to, uh, to smoke those capris those little like cutesy oh those were cute those are cute I used to yeah. smoke like the Rainbow Shermans too, but those were oh, a little yeah. bit too cartoonish for me. But uh, yeah, they look cool. Though. They look kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but goodness, yeah, oh, so you don't meditate stuff. every day? You don't no. smoke? Um, like oh no, no what were you gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I tend to meditate more when like if I'm having anxiety or if I'm like feeling low or something. Like if I remember, I'll be like, oh, I should meditate, and then it really helps, which is cool. But I would like to be one of those people that meditates like every morning. Yeah. You know? But then if you beat yourself up about not meditating, then it like defeats the whole yeah. purpose where you're like, oh, what have I done? And not meditate, that's for sure. Yeah, and then yeah. you're like, fuck, <laughs> why? What's wrong with me? Um, oh, I remember being at a show and I was dating a guy in a band and I was like, went to, yeah, I was dating a guy in a band. He was out of town. He was on tour. His friend's band was playing in LA and I went to the show mm-hmm. and I knew the girlfriends of all the guys in the band. Okay. They, were, they were back home. And I remember just like, walking around having a drink with one of my friends and this guy was came over to me and my girlfriend and, and said oh you've been request, requested like he was plucking girls for oh, yeah. the band a lot of bands do that yeah did a lot of yeah and I was like oh 
okay, really? Okay. And then I went backstage and then like, and then I told my boyfriend, I didn't tell the girlfriends of the guys in the band, but I told my boyfriend at the time, I was like, oh, it's so gross. Wow. Yeah. That must be weird to like know their girlfriends. Know their girlfriends and just be like, oh, and then it made me go, what's my boyfriend doing? Ugh. But but I trusted him. It's weird. I wonder if my trust has diminished more in my older age or something, or if it's just a fear-based thing where you're like, again, going back to what I said earlier about like, being so excited to have found something good again that feels like a teenage romantic thing. Yeah. And being like, oh my God, it matters. Like, so you're so scared of losing it. That's mm-hmm. what that's what jealousy is, I guess, is fear-based weirdness. Yeah, you're right. It is fear-based. That's true. So ugly. I don't want to be like that. I know. I, I get like that too. I mean, you like, do? I think that's a Scorpio trait. Oh, really? Having some like jealousy issues. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Um, I think it's sexy a little bit. I think it's sexy to be like, you belong to me and I'm yours. And then yeah. like, did she just look at you or something? But then a little bit too much of that where it's like... I know, then it's she, like annoying. Yeah, then if I'm like, is she messaging you? Do you still like me? Am I pretty? It's like, oh I my know. God, take it down a notch. I do that too, of course. Do you really? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I like to think a lot of women do that. I hope... Well, <laughs> I, get, I was at dinner with this in, at Two Bunch Palms and I said to Derek, I was like... Because somebody was like, "Oh, George Clooney said to come to two, but go to two, two bunch bombs." Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there, and I'm like, "I really doubt Amal Clooney or whatever her name is, George Clooney's incredible wife who yeah. does all this good." Yeah, I really doubt she's like, uh, "Do you think I'm pretty?" Or, or like, That's true, or, or uh, who's that girl you follow on Instagram? I mean, not George Clooney's not even on Instagram, I don't think. But like, right. but I just doubt. I can't imagine like Angelina Jolie. Or Amal Clooney or some, I don't know, high-level babe in the world. I mean, you never know. I bet they are messes. They're probably worse than I am, actually. That's the <laughs> kicker. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like trying to say, like, I think all women are insecure or something like that. I we just, are. Like, it's an exclusive. Tell yeah. the world. This is... <laughs> like, actually, probably most women are, like, way better and more confident or something than I am. But, oh, no. Um, not on this couch. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like part of it is just, I don't know, like getting older like I'm 34 now which I know isn't old by any means but like I don't like I, my face is like changing and I just feel like what do I even look like who am I like oh. am, like you know am I attractive still uh you yes know, like, you are everyone has those days I'm sure you know yeah like, like some days I'm totally fine and I feel great or whatever but you know we all have our good days and our bad days we all have our good I think my psychosis is more in my brain about stories and just like ownership and fear and territorial and like mm-hmm. thinking that people are going to be sinister Mm-hmm. But God, now I'm going to incorporate the face worries. Just oh kidding. God. I'm just fucking you look with you. amazing. You're you so look, beautiful. You look like, amazing too. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm, I'm like, no. <laughs> my, one, I've, one of my best girlfriends is like, she's on duty for, she's like, I'll tell you when you need filler and Botox. Because I'm always like, do I need it now? Should I start today? Yeah. Is, this the, is this the year I do it? And she's like, not yet, but don't you worry. I'll tell you when. That's and I'm cool. like, ah. But I'm scared because I think feel like it's just like a slippery slope, you know? Like, just, I mean, yeah, it probably is. I don't yeah. Know, like maybe. financially and facially. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. But I'm excited that it exists. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be nice at a certain point to like get a little touch up here and there. Yeah. Like, it's cool to have that option if you want. If you don't want, that's totally cool too. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think it, like my definitely like my idol in this industry is Patty Smith because I feel like. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of hate this phrase, but like she's aging gracefully. You know she what I mean? is. Because she just like doesn't give a fuck and doesn't like let it deter her at all. Yeah. And she has so much energy and 
still making amazing art and it's just really cool. So Yeah. I have to read that book. Just kids. Yeah. Oh man. Did I listened I listened to it and it was like yeah, I was crying for sure. I see I bought it on audio also and I started mm. listening, but her voice was so intense. Even though I love her, it was so intense. It was oh, just like okay. so intense that I was like, I'm not ready for this. Oh, okay. I can't do it today, but that was like Two years ago, I've got to revisit it because I'm dying to read that. And I, what was their story? Was were they dating her and Robert Mapplethorpe? Or yeah, I think they were just like really close just good for friends. a long time. I, but like, I think it kind of went back and forth, maybe a little bit. Did I, it? I read slash listened to it a while ago. So yeah, I don't remember exactly, but yeah, it just kind of seems like they're just really intimately connected for a long time. But at the end of it, obviously, like he, he was gay. Yeah, and like just they were like, just really close friends. And wasn't you heartbroken about that a bit? I think so, yeah. I want you to give Probably. me the cliff notes for the book. Yeah, I know, I'm, like, like, okay, I'm okay. definitely not a good person to ask about well, anything where I have to like remember something. I was trying to explain Great Expectations yesterday. Have you read that? I actually haven't. No. Oh, neither that of my friends. seems like it would be intense to explain to someone. Yeah, <laughs> and I was just like, why am I even trying to do this? In my head, I'm like, just keep going, though. And like, I know. I was like, Miss Havisham and whatever. I don't know, whatever. I was just trying to explain it, and yeah. it was so difficult for me. Yeah. I've been feeling, are you feeling lethargic today? Tired? Um, yeah. Why? Me too. Oh, I had a long day yesterday. This Maybe. is going to be the sleepiest podcast. <laughs> I know. Oh, like, you like drove home from vacation yesterday. I didn't, of course you're like. I didn't drive. I didn't drive. Oh, you I rode just, home. I sat there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But you are a little bit sleepy, a little. little. Yeah. I did like a, I guessed sang on a uh, Death Heaven track to band another band <laughs> so, yeah tell us everything um, i want people to learn about yeah. new bands and stuff yeah yeah they have a new album coming out and um i did a song with them so we did like a little music video yesterday you did uh, yeah and it was mostly uh the singer george in it because it's their song and i didn't really want to be in it that much but i was still like a big part of it so she's like creating it because it was pretty diy yeah um so yeah how late were you up till today, how late like four in the morning no, like I, you're I like I nine p.m. Like midnight. Or something, you did, but, yeah. but <laughs> just because I was like so tired from because there was a lot of people around all day and yeah, had a little bit of Grey Goose and oh, stuff, you do drink, so. yeah, I do too, yeah, yeah. You're, you like rosé, right? Yeah. I did. Oh, okay. And now it's like been this recently. It's like too acidic for my body. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I feel that. Like I used to be into red wine, but I don't know now when I drink it, like it kind of makes me feel sick yeah me too yeah. but I was like weirdly drinking these like frozen weird like uh, first uh, Moscow mules and then I was drinking like blended something rather like watermelon mint vodka some drinks or something. some fun slush and I was like this is great I'm like happily sedated yeah living my life have you been to two bunch palms no I've never really hung out in palm springs you, I think ha- I should. you have to go yeah. I don't I, listen I don't know if you're dating anyone if you aren't who they are what's going on and none of my business none of my listeners business but <laughs> If you are or you aren't, you should go with that person to Two Bunch Palms. Yeah. It's like the most magical thing in the entire world. It sounds magical. I mean, yeah. like I, I've been through Palm Springs. I really would like to find like a hot springs thing. Where you it's can, a hot springs. Is it? Okay. All you do okay. is sit in like different pools mm-hmm. of natural mineral yeah. springs. Like take it all in. Yeah. And it's for a person like me who's like, my thoughts are constantly going and I'm like, oh my God, I'm having all these feelings. Is everything okay? Or can mm-hmm. we exist in the silence? Blah, blah, blah. We just did nothing and we sat and then I got into it and I was like, okay, this is great. Yeah. So if it could do that to me, I mean, you, you seem way more mellow. Unless, are there voices in your head that are wild? <laughs> yeah. I think that's another Scorpio trait. Oh, really? It's like 
calm on the outside, but like just raging on the inside. <laughs> God, like what's <laughs> going on in there? Um, I don't know. I guess it depends on the day. Today I do feel pretty like mellow though. Yeah. Um, I really like that line. Can we exist in the silence? It's good. Can it's we exist? In, I did. Yeah. You're like, can we exist in the silence? Right, that's really. Did I say that? That's a beautiful line. My God, write I'm, that down. I'm a poet. I'm a beautiful poet. You're a writer. <laughs> I am. <laughs> that's cool. Like, I feel like an interview question I get a lot is like, like, do you think you'll ever write like a novel? I'm like, that's so different from what I do. Like, I I could never imagine that. Like, I I admire people who can stick to some a story like that long and and still remember what the beginning is about. You know? Oh wow. Like, I don't know. I just don't have the mind for that kind of stuff. That's so interesting because. Because I'm such a literal person, like mm. that. Whenever I've tried to write a song, it's the worst song in the world. Because it's like oh. my song would be like, <laughs> "My name's Alexi. Like, I'm sitting on a couch. Swin got my mail. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, not good for songwriting. That's funny. Yeah, I think that's what I learned when I was like 22 <laughs> or whatever. Is like. Oh, that was your album you tossed I mean, out. <laughs> it definitely was still like not as bad as cri- that. No, ah! <laughs> <laughs> no, I just mean it was a little more like cryptic, but it was still like just like direct shit from my own life. And I was like, this is too weird. Like, uh, <laughs> you're so funny. My song. I was like telling this guy, I'm like, I'm sharing a song for you. And it would just be like, these are my feelings. I really like you. <laughs> it could be sweet. I don't know. Maybe that works. Maybe that's your thing. I don't think that's him. I don't think he wants that for him. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever written a song? I have. Cool. Not good. Yeah. Mm, I did this thing. Am I talking too much now? First you th- were worried. You were rambling. And now I'm worried. Wait, please. Okay. But like, no, you, no, you. Don't you dare turn that mic off. Okay. She's having a sip of water. So I, there's this thing I did. I was on Raya. This ridiculous douchey dating app, and I would play. I was I matched with some guy in London, and I and he was a musician. So I thought a fun, romantic, dreamy thing to do would be, hey, you write a song for me off the top of your head. I mean, that's a little bit a lot of pressure to put on someone. But I was like, you write a fun song off the top of your head. I'll I'll I'll, I'll write one for you. Yeah. So he was like, okay, great. So I grab my guitar that my mom insists that I have in my apartment. And I like write this song with the three chords I know, and it's like I really mean it. I'm like I'm like writing this love song to this guy named Tommy, even though I know I don't know him, but I'm professing my love to him, and like, mm-hmm. and I send it to him, and then he sends me a song, but he just sent me one of the del- de- demos for his album. He like sent it was me already a, written. It was an already written demo, and I like put myself on the line. <laughs> it was called Tommy. It was it was something about loving Tom, something about Tommy, but. I think it's funny. I would like to make a whole album of just like ridiculous, like little girl songs, like crush mm-hmm. songs to different boys with different names yeah. or whatever. Anyway. I think that could work. Yeah. But does it mean you don't like Alanis Morissette? Because it's like... And I'm he... Because it's like exactly what... It's oh, like so yeah. literal where it's like... I mean, I definitely liked that song. I think I was probably in like eighth grade and I was like, yeah. this is cool. And yeah. I, was, I think more like the video. I was like, whoa, this, this girl's like dark, but... I never saw the I didn't videos. really like a lot of her other music. But yeah. Um, We're not being mean, no, on as Morissette. We're just talking about stuff. Everybody okay? <laughs> yes. Um, um, do you like Cher? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I think she's a total icon. Yeah, for sure. I love her so much. Yeah. You look like young, like, gorgeous Cher. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. Like, but the, here's a weird thing, though. So we're like, Patty Smith, she's great. She's done nothing to her face. And then you go the full opposite of, like, Cher. Mm-hmm. I think Cher looks great. I love yeah. her still. I mean, I love those like um, 
things where it's like photos side by side of like different years and like she just has not aged at all. It's amazing. Oh, she hasn't. Yeah. She looks amazing, but yeah, I think she's really cool. Oh my goodness. What else is going on? Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just keep that. I'll keep talking. (laughs) Um, Oh man. I mean, well, Jesus. Well, Wait, I will come up with something. Hold on. I've got questions to <laughs> ask. I, really, I wanted to check the time only because oh, I tell have me to DJ. Oh, yeah, my God. Where are you DJing? I didn't want you to get mad at me. Okay. For me to get uh, mad at you? Never. For oh, being like... Wait, what time, time is it? What time do you need um, to get out of here? Um, I don't know. Like 4.30 or something? What time is it right now? 4.04. 4.04? Oh, yeah. Okay? Don't worry. 4.30? Okay. We, yeah, you're perfect. Okay, cool. Um, Oh. Well, God. So how many different types of psychedelics have you done? Um, Actually, like pretty much just mushrooms... I did DMT like a long time ago, but I don't know if it was like proper because I don't feel like I had the experience that other people talk about. <laughs> I don't think those people had like the experience that they talk about because people are like, did you break through? And I'm like, what? I, yeah, I didn't. I think it depends on the time or something. But yeah, I have, I got some acid that I'm going to try for the first time again, late bloomer. Like most yeah. people are like, oh, I did that when I was like 16. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I've done mushrooms a lot and I enjoy that and I try to like, keep them on hand for when I'm like healing it. The last time I did it was on New Year's and when? Which New uh, Year's? Like just this last one. Oh wow. I did it for the first time previous New yeah. Year's. Yeah. Oh cool. By myself. Like on exactly. this on a different couch though. Yeah. <laughs> I had a different couch. <laughs> this one. Uh, Not this one. That's amazing. Yeah. I I, I think it's kinda nice to do it by yourself. I, I don't really like even smoking weed as like a party thing. It's like pointless for me because I just shut down. But if yeah. I'm by myself and I have my music uh or I'm in my studio and I can like play music and stuff like that then it's it's great and it's super productive and yeah same with mushrooms like I actually painted for like the first time in years on years and that was really cool you did yeah like I feel like it opens you up and gives you like this feeling of like I can do anything like it doesn't matter you know because I like painting but I feel like I suck at it so you know it was nice to like open up and do that again but get you out of your own way or something yeah that is what I liked about mushrooms that like all of a sudden it's like you zoom out and you're like Mm -hmm we're all just going to die and we're all connected and we're all one. And it's like, it makes you go, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So like, why do I get so stuck in my head and things like jealousy and ego and mm-hmm. all this weird shit when it's all just like, it's all love. And like, yeah. it sounds embarrassing to say right now, but it isn't. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then you forget that as the tight days go by or something after doing that kind of drug. Yeah. But yeah, I'm kind of like t- doing little experiments over the next year. Yeah. And see what else I can find from friends and stuff. It's not like super easy just to like find good psychedelics. Yeah. You know? At least for me. I don't know. I'm, I, maybe I'm just not well connected. But um, but yeah, again, I got some acids. I'm going to try that. I'm trying like, I'm going to do some like flotation sessions. I've never done that before, which is weird. Cause, On acid or on mushrooms? Oh, probably just, just totally flotation. sober. Actually. Oh, good. Like, yeah, I did that yeah. too. Did, you, did yeah, you like it? I liked it. I went on yeah. a first date with somebody or like a second date with somebody. Wow, that's fl- cool. It's pretty separate though. He was like, meet yeah, you, have true. fun in your tank. I was like, I will. Yeah, <laughs> see you later. Oh, but I had, um, my, I had my period and I was so nervous. Oh, so you're just like paranoid about that. Yeah. Well, just with this specific, I'm just going to randomly overshare about my life with you. Really, uh, But uh, I remember I was going to therapy and the date was, the plan was he was going to pick me up from therapy, uh, and then we would go to Santa Monica to like this place, like a float place. Mm-hmm. And I told my therapist, I was like, "Oh my god, I just, got, you know, I have my period, and now like, why is this the date that that's happening in my period? And right. I'm too embarrassed to tell him. And what if I bleed in the tank? And it's going to be a nightmare." My therapist was like, "Just tell him. Just tell him this is what you're concerned about, and it's totally fine. It's human." So I did. I got in his car and I went, "I have to tell you something." Like. He's like, what? I was like, I have my period. 
And he was like totally unfazed by it. And when I got to the tank place, I mean, when I got to the tank place, there's no way I would have bled in this. It's like, I don't know what I was thinking. I was just so hyper worried about like laying around at a... I just had this fear that I, I was just like bleed in the thing. They'd have to drain the thing. They'd kick me out. They'd have a photo of me like, in the back, be like, "Never let this girl come back in here again." Like, tell the dude. <laughs> yeah, she's disgusting. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> but your experience would be great. <laughs> Let's hope so. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'll try some more things as I get as I uh, gather them. Yeah. You could write a book. I feel like you could write a book, even though they say it's such a separate thing, but I don't know. (laughs) I think I could write a book if it was like more journalistic or something, like, you know, different chapters having different stories, but novel, like having a storyline. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's probably, I probably just smoked too much weed in my life to like have a consistent memory. I also like have had like sleep and dream issues since I was a kid. And so I'm kind of like daydreamy in general. And like, what do you mean? What do you mean sleep issues? Um, basically like since I was a kid, I've had like sleep paralysis, insomnia and night terrors. I don't really have night terrors anymore. That was like when I was a kid, but, um, like so much so that like my parents took me to like this sleep research center, like, you know, hooked me up to all the things to like figure out what was going on. And they didn't, it was like inconclusive. They're just like, she's just a really bad sleeper. Why does that Um, happen? What's sleep paralysis? What happens there? Sleep paralysis, it's like the typical thing is where people like wake up, but they can't move their body. And sometimes there's like an entity or a shadow or something in the room. For me, I actually can move, but like the figures from my dreams are still in the room with me. So like if I was dreaming about like, I don't know, some dude chasing me or something, like I would wake up and he would like be running towards me in my room or wherever I am, hotel or something. Um, and it still happens sometimes and it, it, it sucks. I'm a little more used to it now. So I'm like able to tell myself what's happening after a second and like just shake it off. But having that as a kid was, you know, super confusing. And then if I watched like a scary movie or something, like I remember like my neighbors let me watch fire in the sky. Did you ever see that? A long time ago. Oh God, it's the worst. It's Is like that a, Drew Barrymore in that? No, no, that's, that's a different one. Oh, that's I think Firestarter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but fire in the sky is yeah. also terrifying. Yeah. It's like an alien abduction movie, <laughs> like supposedly based on a real story. I don't know about how I feel about aliens, but um, yeah. anyways, it just like totally terrified me. I didn't, I didn't sleep for like four days. Um, and so anytime I would see something that would just like trigger this like intense insomnia. And then when I finally would fall asleep, I would have like night terrors and just be like thrashing and screaming in my sleep. So yeah. my poor parents are probably like, what the fuck is wrong with you? No, um, that's terrifying. Yeah. But, and I still have some stuff like that now. So I feel like sometimes when I look back, I'm kind of like, was that like a dream or a memory? You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's a little like foggy sometimes. So I think that's where a lot of my memory issues stem from. Yeah. So. Are you religious at all? No, I had a religious period in high school. You did? What I wasn't kind? like I wasn't like raised anything. Um, I think my dad gave me like a children's Bible when I was little, but didn't like explain anything. My parents didn't like they're wonderful parents and abuse me or anything like that, but they didn't ever like explain anything to me, you know, or like include yeah. me and stuff really. And like my dad taught me to use some studio equipment, but in general it was like I was kind of like left on my own to my own devices or whatever. So like I had this Bible, but I was like, I don't know what this no, is. No, God. <laughs> like it's weird. I like read that just like it was stories or something. I uh, never read the Bible. I never read any of those things. And then when I was in high school, this is like exclusive information. I don't even know if I should say this. You don't have to say anything. Be, about I don't know. But tell me. <laughs> yeah. Well, my new friend. <laughs> um, my Both of my parents remarried Mormons and I had never been to church in my life and I 
wanted to go and like my step family was like getting back into going. So I went with them and like got into that for a while just because I, I didn't really know like the difference between religion. I think I was probably like 12 or something, you know, and I was just like, I just was like curious and wanted to know what this whole church thing was. So I went to the Mormon church for a while and kind of got into it. And then, you know, no offense to any Mormons, but for me, I just didn't feel like it was, I don't know. It didn't, didn't make sense to me. It felt like definitely uh, male dominated, like women were not encouraged to be in leadership oh. at that point. I don't know anything about it. If it's changed, but like you had to wear like a skirt and everything well, yeah. and pants. And I was not into that. So eventually moved on from that. I went to like a non-denominational um, church for a while with some friends from high school um, and explored that for a while. But again, it just organized religion just never really like sat with me. I was yeah. just kind of like trying to be part of this like, community, I think. Yeah. Because um, I was always kind of a loner or something. And me yeah, too. like the ritual of it. And, Are you an only child? Um, no, I have an older sister, but like... Who cares about never, her? Just kidding. This is about you. We've been super close, actually. So, yeah. Yeah, like... I don't know. So yeah, I think it, I, just, I went through a period and... and I don't look back at it like in a bad way at all. I think it was like a really interesting learning experience and um, probably helped me become like a stronger person to realize this is what I didn't want in my yeah. life or something. And I feel like spirituality is like really personal. And so personal. Yeah. I don't have anything against anyone who wants to be any religion, anyone who wants to go to church. I think that's great. I think it's just all about what finding finding what works for you. And That's how I feel about relationships too. Mm-hmm. I feel like do whatever you want to do, be polyamorous, be whatever, totally. blah, blah. All that I care about is like, what works for me and then meeting a person who that it works we're on the same page you mm-hmm. know and we're communicating we both want the same things and then everybody else can do whatever they want to do yeah. but yeah the ritualistic thing of going to church or whatever is is kind of a lovely beautiful thing because your yeah. stuff seems kind of like religious in a way you know what I mean like it seems very like but in a beautiful like old timey yeah. I can't explain it but yeah I, I, I like to think of my music as something that's like ethereal and spiritual but like yeah not in like a specific time period or yeah definition of something um but yeah i feel like i don't know i basically do whatever oprah tells me to do i don't know do you ever listen to those her podcast it's i don't a friend, I, a friend told me i should but i haven't gotten into it yet it's yeah. i mean i feel i feel like i'm supposed to feel embarrassed to say that but it's so like i listen to her stuff and i'm always just like weeping and then i just oh, feel like cool. i feel like we're all god and we're all just like mm-hmm. here to have an experience for god and and like I don't know, get out of our own way and rise to our full potential, but then we get bogged down by like people and their thoughts and ideas of us. And yeah, so I feel like I'm going through this whole like weird thing where I'm like, what is my authentic purpose here? Am Mm -hmm. I doing all the right stuff? Like, how do I get in my own way? And how can I get like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's what I've been trying to fight past. Yeah, it's like in the end, we're all going to the same place, whatever it is. Yeah. It's like, just find, yeah, find your own path, find your own like, meaning and purpose as long as you're not hurting anyone else which yeah a lot of people are but like, yeah <laughs> I think it's a good a good aim to not do that I don't know I, I try to like stay out of people's way like um I don't know what about your own I, way I live out in the woods do you get out of your own way <laughs> probably not no but I mean I do just like work a lot so I guess that's that's my way of like dealing with anything really yeah you know do you think you just die when you die? Nothing happens, or it's over, or do you think like we shed our the spacesuit or the skin and then go on? Yeah. Are we- um, I think it's possible that like I, don't, I believe in like energy. I don't know if I can really define this easily, but um, yeah, I, I definitely believe in energies and and like when I was growing up, my, my grandma would practice Reiki on me, and like I could definitely like feel this like without. 
physically touching. I could like feel the connection of energy and the transfer of energy and stuff that. So that kind of taught me about that. And I feel like maybe when you die, like your energy can go somewhere. I don't know where it's going to go exactly. Yeah. I haven't formulated that part yet, but I also, you know, I, I think kind of like nature is my church in a way. And I, I like the idea of like becoming one with the earth and I don't know. Um, my mom used to live in Hawaii and, and she it, did. Yeah. She lived there for like six years or something. Is she still alive? Yeah. She lives in the Bay area. Oh. But, um, I never thought I would like Hawaii. Like I'm not really a, a sunshine person. So like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just imagined I wouldn't like it. But when I went to visit her, I was like really taken by how green and lush everything was. And yeah. I would just go on like these hikes by myself. And and I definitely kind of had like some revelations about that. Like it, w- it would be like, okay, to just like to die and, you know, let your body like become part of this beautiful moss or this, you know, beautiful tree or something like that. And I don't know, I think... That helped me come to terms with things a little bit, like being okay with not knowing exactly what happens when we die. But yeah. of course it's terrifying, mostly because it's like you don't want to be away from the people you love, you know, and yeah, you, know, you don't want them to die and, and you don't want them to be without you or whatever. I think that's the part that's like the most scary about death. Um, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. I, I, I think sometimes it's more sad for the people who remain and maybe it's more of a mm-hmm. relief for the people who go because I don't know. I feel yeah. like your soul leaves your body and... Goes somewhere, and then this, I, I don't know. I watch Wings of Desire, and I feel like mm. we're all just souls. When you 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 come to Earth, or you come here to like learn a lesson, and for mm-hmm. your soul to I don't know what the word is, but uh, to to evolve, you yeah. know, and to learn lessons. So you, you know, you, you have an evolution of your soul, and then, I don't know. But it's more sad for the people who remain, who are like, I can never talk to that person again. Yeah, even though maybe death isn't that scary. Like, I don't know. Really? I think it's almost the worst bit is how we suffer internally while mm. we're here. Yeah. I don't know. But like like worrying about money or all the things and keeping life, all the like minutia of life is like, ugh, I can't say, like, I mean, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but like. No, I know, I know what you mean. But, um, but yeah. Uh, but when I was in Two Bunch Palms, I would, I would look at like the trees and, or even just a rabbit or there's so many like animals there. Everything's just so calm and still. Mm. I was just looking at this tree, being like, "Oh my god, this tree! This has been this, this tree is here in this incarnation as a tree." Yeah, he's so not, still, like, he's not like overthinking everything. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> God, I'm so jealous. I'm not jealous, but yeah. like, you know, I don't want to turn into jealousy, but just being like, "Wow, that must be nice." And like, that's mm-hmm. it's okay to be still and just here. Anyway, I, I don't you. know my point. And then I come back to LA, and I'm like driving down Fairfax past Cantor's, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I, I got to figure out how to pay my rent." <laughs> I know, and I like panic because. This time that we're here, and I know we're going to get you out of here. Tell, tell me what time it is, but nope. um, what's the time? It's 4.18. Okay, we're perfect. Um, I don't even know what my point was. Something about uh, <laughs> something. Oh, yeah. Just in the time that we're here, that's like you have to curate this life where you front that you're so perfect and together or you got a lot of shit going on because that, mm-hmm. that makes sense because it inspires other people and it makes you, and you got to fake it till you make it or you, right. or you want to seem strong. You don't want a bunch of people who are like weak being like, oh my God, I'm scared. Who knows what's going to happen? Oh fuck, I'm freaking yeah. out about this. You want to, it is more desirable to seem steady and grounded and confident mm-hmm. like and like everything's great. But there is such a duality because in this culture where we like present on social media Mm-hmm. Like everything's cool, and then you know, like people are like hanging themselves because they can't keep up with this yeah. image we're trying to create. So it's like, yeah, that's that's definitely something I explored on this my newest album, Hispan. Like, 
I, I definitely want to like be someone that's strong for other people a lot of the time. Um, I think the people closest to me have to be strong for me often, but like when it comes to like being, I don't know, some, any sort of like public figure or something, not like I think I'm that influential or something. You are. Like I do have a certain group of people who are following and stuff and like I want to be strong for them and not like, not let them know if I'm like feeling ugly or like just petty things like that. Cause it's like, I want someone to look at me and be like, Oh, whatever. She's not perfect, but she like is just owning it and enjoying her life and making art and stuff. Um, but yeah, on this this newest album, I, I wanted to like explore being more vulnerable and like being more open about like health issues and addiction and anxiety and you know broken relationships and things like that. So a lot of the songs have to do with like my actual experiences with that kind of stuff. And even going back to like my early twenties and talking about stuff you know that I you know maybe explored back then but didn't know how to like talk about it in a good way or something. So yeah, it's definitely like the whole concept about it was just um, embracing the mess of yourself. Yeah. And that's kind of like where I'm at lately where like, you know, getting older and like learning how to love myself still, you know, like I'm not, I don't know if you ever get to a place where you like fully can just like embrace and love yourself. But, you know, I think it's cool to at least try Yeah, every day. And in that way, like you're a better person for the people around you and for your loved ones. So Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you're looking at you being more, Honest or personal with your yeah. staff. That's so great. That makes me so That's happy. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, God. We touched on death, drugs, love, it's probably, life. Like, we did it. Yeah. It's probably well, a good place to end. Like, well, where are you DJing? Um, my friend Jesse Draxler is having an art show and book release party tonight at Lethal Amounts in downtown. I haven't been there yet, but I heard it's a cool space and gonna do that it's like my second time DJing I never really do this but I love it if you do yeah. it more you know, it's, like, it's, it's kind of like it's, it's, yeah do people get paid so much money to DJ all the time yeah I don't, I'm not getting paid for this one because <laughs> it's just my friend is doing, but yeah you should charge I, him <laughs> just kidding I think I shouldn't have said that who cares like no, it's not about the money of course not I'm the one asking about that yeah, I'm being yeah. silly but, uh, well the uh, point is I do think people get paid big money to, to DJ which is cool yeah you can do that yeah well, um, go live your life. And you brought me these. Oh my god! I don't, we didn't get this on the podcast, but when, but when you, when Chelsea arrived, she brought me this amazing lipstick and then eyeshadow. So I think yeah. we're gonna, after we're done it. with this podcast, we're gonna do a, a quick <laughs> makeup tutorial for my Insta stories. Cool. Yeah, I did a makeup collaboration, and it was super fun. And what's the name of this company? Like um, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but Ritual to Feel or Ritual to Fee. Okay, where do we where do we find the makeup? Where do we find your albums? Tell everybody what we need to know to get more of you. Oh yeah. Um, well, <laughs> just say it, God damn I don't it. Know, like what, like my links or something? Oh, I don't know. Like where can people find you? Just on Instagram at Chelsea Wolf? Yeah. And Chelsea Wolf was already taken. So it's like Chelsea Wolf with like two C's and two W's. Um, and yeah, ritualatfeel.com is where you get the makeup. Or you can just search on my Instagram. I post about it a bunch and stuff. How'd the I makeup thing end up happening? Um, they just reached out to me. Like I was already a fan of their line because it's like, organic natural really pretty colors and oh wow um i'm kind of into doing stuff like that these days like i might do like a scent collaboration oh my god with who um this this company linnea that's really lovely it's a canadian woman named april and it's like oil-based scents and they're really natural and just like magical scents you oh my check god. it out you and can you can order like a sample box actually of like all her different scents 
so that you can test them out, and it's really cool. Where would you make the set? Like, do, are they here at all? They're they're based in Canada, or would they come out here at all to work with you? Um, I was supposed to meet with her in Montreal on this tour, but my bus broke down that day, so <gasps> oh. I didn't get to. So we're just going back and forth through the mail, and like, hopefully, I can make it up there. Oh my god! Soon, but you have to make a Chelsea yeah, Wool so. fragrance. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm dying. There's this place called Lucky Scent. Uh, if you're, I don't know how much longer you're in Los Angeles for, but it's on Beverly Boulevard and it's just like every different, they've got like this beautiful selection of mm-hmm. scents and I'll just go in there for hours. I think my yeah. goal is to, is to have a Love Alexi fragrance. Oh, that would be cool. I think or like a candle. Some kind of, yeah, a candle and a fragrance. And uh, I remember Father John Misty like came out with some ridiculous, oh, yeah? it was called like, I don't know what it was called, but I remember I interviewed cool. him about it and it was like so silly because he was making a big joke out of it. But I was like, you still made a fragrance. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go live your life. Thank you for being on my podcast. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.